Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. In my 27 years as a Victorian policewoman, I investigated everything from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. Policing taught me a lot about human nature, which I explore in my podcasts with a variety of fascinating guests discussing the human side and impact of crime, not only on their lives, but mine as well. My podcasts are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. If you find yourself affected by my subject matter, please contact Lifeline or any other support, service or person that you feel comfortable with. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and not everyone will agree with them. I understand that and I hope you do too. Thank you. And I remember the day I made that decision. It was in on the first strangulation. And I remember thinking, I've had these children, I'm responsible for them, so I will simply take it. My life's over. You know, we talk a lot in my podcasts about the effects domestic and family violence has, not just on those the violence is directed towards, but also those who witness it whether by seeing it, hearing it, or maybe seeing injuries attributed to it. We also hear guests talk about their experience with the justice system, which can be a positive experience or one they'd rather forget. Well, imagine the following scenario. You're the mother of two children, both of whom have learning difficulties which aren't insurmountable, but have certainly provided some challenges in their lives. You yourself have had learning disability, but like your children, you've managed those difficulties and learned ways to deal with them. With the challenges you and your children face, you are still able to run a highly successful and highly regarded business which takes you and your children all over the world, such is your reputation and standing within that community. You're a trailblazer of sorts. Your passion is working closely with young and vulnerable children, seeing them attain levels of skill not dreamed of had it not been for you sharing your elite skills with patience, care and commitment. Because of you, young children are flourishing and finding a self-belief that they didn't believe possible to say nothing of their parents'. 
But through all of this, you have a secret. You endure physical, psychological and verbal abuse from your husband, which your children and some friends are witness to at times. Like so many other victims of domestic and family violence, you remain mute due to the fear of repercussions and allegations that you're being a drama queen. But it's not just you who remains mute. Those close to him have known about his behaviours for years and have chosen to remain mute too. Everyone is remaining mute, which allows him to continue his abuse because no one is talking about it. After enduring years of lockdowns and having to temporarily close your business, your husband suddenly leaves you. And on the very day he chooses to leave you is the day that you'd chosen to reopen your business after COVID. And further, on that day, you are served with an intervention order, citing extraordinary instances which you categorically deny and state are untrue. But the fact that this intervention order has been uh, served on you, it prohibits you working with children. Due to the protracted court appearances, the stress on yourself and your children, anxiety and legal meetings, conferences and fees, you decide it's easier to agree to the order without agreeing to the allegations. And so the order is granted for three years. The court isn't aware of your husband's violence towards you throughout your marriage, including incidents where he's tried to strangle you. Even providing a statement to police and his guilty plea isn't enough for the intervention order to be lifted, meaning the prohibition of you working with children remains, which has been your passion and livelihood for nearly 30 years. But you're not going to remain mute anymore because you don't want anyone else to suffer the way that you have. Thank you for your time, Anastasia. Uh, A very, very difficult uh, subject to discuss, but as we've said, we need to discuss it. So welcome to NFI, and again, thank you for taking the time. Look, Anastasia, I'm so sorry for everything that's happened to you. I, I just cannot begin to imagine I suppose, can we firstly start with when and how maybe you met your former husband and when you first noticed that some signs within your relationship uh, were concerning you? Can you share with us a bit about that? Um, Absolutely. So we met when I was very young. Um, I was 22 and we started going out and I had really never met someone who drank so much, to be quite honest. Mm. But when you're young, you go out and um, Mm. that's what happens. And so I remember one distinct evening, it was a New Year's Eve, and he was particularly inebriated and he got quite violent. We had been... um, Taking, we've been to an event at the art centre and then we went to a friend's photography studio to take some photos, which was a bit of fun. And then he actually um, 
got really angry as we were leaving and went across the road and started kicking the door of the restaurant because they wanted to get food and it turned quite violent. Another chap joined in and it got really violent and really angry. And as we were catching a cab home, he was yelling obscenities. It sort of turned into it was all my fault that the Mexican restaurant wasn't open at um, two o'clock in the morning. And I remember thinking it was being very, very, very odd. We weren't married at that time. And I remember thinking I was quite concerned. I mean, we'd seen other things before, but I hadn't seen anything quite like that. So I spoke to his mother briefly about it. And I said, look, you know, is this a common thing for um, my ex-husband to do? And she said, oh, look, no, there's a bit of... um, you know, anger management issues in the family. And I said, I remember asking her, was there any history of family violence? Was there any, you know, this is really concerning me. It's something I can't deal with. And she said, oh, no, you might have done something. Um, And then sort of that went away. I was sort of almost told in a way that that's something women should put up with by his Mm -hmm. mother. And um, we got married and on the first night of our marriage, he was inebriated yet again and cross and tired and um, pushed me into the couch. I was upset. I was leaving my family. And he said, oh, in, in a way, you know, what are you carrying on about? And looking back, there were many signs. It was usually when he was completely inebriated. But I did ask people about it. I did talk mm. to people about Mm. this and everyone just sort of shoved it aside it was what he did um there was some of it in his family his mum was like that but you know that's just something you have to deal with and Mm. being so young you get conditioned to it Anastasia can I just go back there you said uh about that time at the restaurant and the, yeah. the first night of your wedding, which just yeah. blows, blows my, my mind. Um, but had you ever uh, experienced um, a uh, a relationship like that before where somebody Never. was – Right. No. So, so were you – like, were you shocked? Did you – like, I, I just can't imagine how I would feel because I've never been experienced to that side of uh, sort of anger either. No. And I just I think, think you'd, you'd put it aside, wouldn't you, and think, oh, look, you know, he's obviously he's had a bit to drink or whatever it may be. But, yes, I, I would imagine you make a few excuses thinking, wow, <laughs> where'd that come absolutely. from? Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely, you do. And when you have his friends validating the behaviour and his mother and his sister the only person that never validated that behaviour was his brother-in-law, who to this day is still my rock. Um, oh, really? How lovely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God love him. What a man. Um, yeah. They basically validated his behaviour. He was the party person and he had a great sense of self. I think the first time we met him, I remember sitting in front of him and he really was full of himself, completely drunk. And he was this wonderful, fabulous person who loved to make everyone feel quite um, low. He was better than everyone else. And I remember this at a dinner party at a friend's 
where I met him after the first meeting. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, you were full of yourself, but attraction's a weird thing. Yes, Um, you are so right. Yep. Yeah, it's a really unusual thing. And there were alarm bells, and I did ask people for help along the way. I remember asking my brother for help. Um, And it was turned around. It was me. I was the liar. Um, Mm -hmm. It was my fault. Um, You're making it up. And I know I wasn't, obviously, from Mm -hmm. the court results we've had. Mm -hmm. But people validate charismatic people, Mm -hmm. people who come across as charismatic and fabulous and are very good at being condescending and putting people down um, Mm -hmm. At a, a very early stage in the relationship, you become conditioned to it. And it's slow burn. The serious stuff didn't happen really until the children were born. It was serious, but mm. the physical violence didn't really happen until the children were born. It, um, it's, easy, it's easy for me to say, Anastasia, but, you know, looking at it, just hearing those first couple of times that you met and leading up to your marriage, I'm thinking to myself, it's only a matter of time before it starts to get ugly and physical, like to me, and it's easy for us to look back, isn't it? But for me, I look at that and think there is a very, very manipulative, controlling man who is, um, uh, he's very, very good at people loving him, including you. And then when he gets them to where he wants them, he actually starts to chew them up, doesn't he? And, and spit them out, like, and treat them like they are just, um, dirt. I would definitely say yes. There is a serious history of family violence that I've only discovered in the last two years. Um, oh, his, really? Okay. Yeah. His father was, so basically my ex, husband has repeated a pattern. Yes. So his father was incredibly violent. Uh, he got discharged from the army for drunken, disorderly, um, threatening and physically being violent to an officer superior to him and he got dismissed from the army straight away. Mm. Um, his mother left him Um, because of the family violence and alcoholism. His mother was also an alcoholic. Mm. And um, there's a story of um, my ex-partner's birth father hanging his mother over the balcony and threatening her. So that's pretty violent. Hanging, holding her by the feet and shaking her over the balcony. So uh, as yes. a kid, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and then she remarried again and had a lot of boyfriends and remarried again, and it all involved a lot of alcoholism and violence. Uh, he is a young fella was living in Queensland and one of the husbands was, you know, was quite violent and alcoholic towards uh, his mother, who would have been just as bad back on. 100% sure now mm. from all the research I've done. And um, his grandmother picked him up from the home in Queensland when he was 10 or 11 and took him back to Melbourne um, and sort of said to his mother, come and get your son. So clearly it was 
a dreadful childhood. There's no excuse for that, but he literally copied what he'd learnt. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're right, it's uh, learned behaviour and we're not making excuses um, for your former husband no. um, because, you know, you become adults and you realise what is acceptable and what isn't within um, society. Uh, but isn't it, um, I think that's why we have to start talking about domestic and family violence and what's acceptable as uh, yeah, like in in preschool, maybe uh, in in. I think first, we do. Mm, I think yeah, it's be, got to start mm, really, really young. Mm. Because then the kids, it, it's really big. Yeah, yeah. Because th- then the kids might go home and think, you know, I went to school today, and they'd be thinking in their own heads, right? They'd be thinking, I went to school today, and they said that what the way that dad is yelling at mum is not right or the way that mum's yelling at dad, whatever, but at least they would start to think that's not normal or that is not acceptable, you know. it's. Um, I think it's got to start very early. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really scary, Narelle, because I have two elder sons who, you know, no one has asked me why I stayed. It's been quite interesting. But... I've been honest and upfront as to why I stayed. I had two children and I knew if I left with the law, they would have to go to their father every second weekend and he's just not a fit father. And I knew that um, although now he's making up, he's a fabulous fit father, amazing what happens and manipulating older boys, but that's the standard story. Mm. Um, He was not fit. And so the fear I had was leaving them with him every second weekend as they got older, um, Mm. him being so lenient from the drugs and alcohol and being able to do whatever they want and being men and growing up, which seems to be a standard statement of these people, Mm. that they would just literally lose their moral compass and backbone, which they have, and I do believe that's because I stood my ground and had to be firm and horribly controlling to make sure my children became extraordinary men they've become. And there'll be side effects from that, but they've seen it. And so you choose to leave the relationship for other reasons, but I consciously chose to stay when they were little. I I realised when they were little how bad it was, but I was more fearful for what they would become if I left and they saw their dad every second weekend Mm. instead of me copying the abuse. Mm. So I decided to stay and take it. It was a conscious decision. Because, because, uh, sorry, but just as you say then, and you're right, that if if your boys did go and stay with him every second weekend, I suppose another fear you had is that they would learn the behaviours that their father had and they may um, uh, portray some of his or exhibit some of his uh, behaviours that were not acceptable and were actually quite violent, uh, cruel, all that sort of thing. Would that be right? Oh, 100%. Oh, look, 100%. Mm. And I remember the day I made that decision. It was in on the first strangulation. And I remember thinking, well, my, you know, I've had these children, I'm responsible for them, so I will 
simply take it, my life's over. And I'll just make sure that my boys get really, really well educated, become the good men I want them to be, and I'll just miss out. And it was a conscious decision. And um, I also know speaking with um, this amazing woman, top psychologist who deals with some really battered kids and dealing with social workers and things, and they literally have said to me, well, look, you know, it's not the best outcome for you, but you did the right thing for your kids. You know, it's really sad, but we all agree that me sort of putting my life aside for the kids means that I'm going to leave two good men on this earth. And it shouldn't be that way, but it was a conscious decision and a really hard one because I look back at all the opportunities I have lost and the life that I have lost because I stayed for those 32 years. However, I am so responsible for my children that I couldn't leave two humans on this earth that weren't good people, and they are. And, you know, that's the difference, I think, between um, people choosing to leave because I also knew that um, he used to threaten in the original days that, um, you know, he was always smarter and cleverer than me mm-hmm. and that was always a threat when he was drunk and certainly um, when he'd come back from drinking or if he'd been to a bar or a, you know, a, a brothel or a gay bar or whatever, that everyone was more beautiful and more wonderful than me, which actually is a bit of a giggle, Narelle, because I used to be a former model that worked around the world. <laughs> so now looking back, I, I definitely wasn't what he was screaming in my face. But, um, you know, that's life, isn't it? We, 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 we become what we're conditioned to become. Oh, yes. And, and, you know, there's a couple of things there that you've said that are really concerning. And you just um, uh, said it and continued on. But, you know, the fact that you said something about the strangulation, like, that is so, oh, my God, Anastasia. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I just think to myself, that is, that is so dangerous. My, my experience uh, and having done a number of podcasts with victims of uh, domestic violence, I've found that strangulation, I mean, I suppose you don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar to work this out, but strangulation, once that happens in a relationship, the chances of you as the person being strangled um, actually being killed, it just, it, it skyrockets. It is a, a precursor. It's an indicator that you are in grave danger. Like you talk about it um uh, almost flippantly, I'm sure at the time you never realised the seriousness. It was just like he's out of control. But my goodness, it's it's just so lucky. You you are just so fortunate to still be here. Yeah, no, he was never out of control, Morel, and he never is. Um, he was always in control of everything he did unless he was incredibly inebriated. Everything was pre-thought out. Even um, the way he's controlled his friends and what he's told them when he walked out so violently, um, he hasn't told them any of the criminal um, findings, any of the details, and these people um, who are his friends are his um, drinking buddies and businessmen who have helped him, mm-hmm. you know, through this in really, really dishonest ways. Some of the way things, ways the businessmen have helped my my former partner leave and pull the family apart is quite disgusting, really. The strangulations were his thing. Um, I can't, like, I didn't know how serious it was because I phoned the police after the first one and back, and you know, we're talking probably 28 years ago with the first one. Um, the police were flippant about it 28 years ago. Yep. I phoned them and they said, well, he needs to do an anger management program. Here's the number. So they didn't even come to the house. And I had a little person in the house at that time. Um, and basically he did go to it, but after the first two visits, um, he said he was smarter than the person and it was a load of rubbish and there wasn't anything wrong with him. Um, so every time I went for help in those early days, it was shrugged off. Um, family violence wasn't a thing. Um, men or partners 
were it was accepted that they were just like that. So I got very used to and conditioned to dealing with it. Sometimes it did get too much and I would ask people for help or I would be silenced. So I got used to not being able to have my voice and talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. But when it got too much, I do remember speaking with um my brother and he just put it down that I was lying and my former partner just liked to drink mm. um, and he was a great bloke. Um, so people just dusted over it to a point where I was so numb mm. Um, mm. to be quite honest that I just was about my kids, my boys being safe, keeping them really busy Mm. over-parenting, so they've done some amazing things as young men because I was just in constant vigilance of making sure they, you know, were busy um, and Mm. it it was really quite extraordinary looking back. I don't know how I'm really still standing. (laughs) No, uh, uh, and I don't either. And another thing you said before that I wanted to pick up on, and it probably shows – I'm just, I come from a very conservative um, home life background. I'm not saying it was perfect, but just what you have been exposed to uh, through your former husband, it it's just like you just said then another thing about, um, oh, you know, we used to come home from brothels and gay bars uh, really inebriated. And I suppose it's showing a very personal um, bias here uh, because I know it's a whole new uh, subject matter, I suppose, about brothels and gay bars. But my view is for a married man to be going to places like that, there's got to be <laughs> – here I am again um, – but it's like there's a chink somewhere in the relationship where you're going to those Places. I don't have a problem with somebody going to a brothel if they're having. Yeah, I'm. I'm tying myself in twists here, but I just find that offensive that a married man would be coming home inebriated, having been to all these places, and you're at home with two children, trying your best for those kids, and he's out having a whale of a time. I find that so offensive. Norella, it is. You become conditioned to it. Of course you do, yes. So it started back before we were married where um, it was accepted by the friends and people he surrounded himself in that this is what they did. And he had one particular friend who now doesn't live here. He lives in Bali, funny that. Um, he's disappeared away on on my ex-husband, but he was the instigator of um, all this kind of really bad behaviour. It was acceptable. And when you are at home with young children and you are just coping Mm -hmm. and you don't have, because my friends disappeared away, they didn't like him, and they never said anything, so they just disappeared away and you were working. So I was running a, a business and I was running some giant businesses at some stage, which I now realise he didn't like and so I had to get rid of. 
because you um, were being, because you were successful or becoming successful. He'd hate that a person with oh, his was, personality. Narelle, I, mm. I was successful. One of the companies in Hong Kong was enormous. It made enough money for me to outright buy our first home without mm. a mortgage. Mm. So, um, no, there's no way that wasn't successful. But every time that happened, um, it was always, well, why don't you help me with my business? Well, I did. I helped set up his first business. Mm. His accounts were paid for by um, my clients and my business. All the computer equipment was from my original Hong Kong business. And, in fact, his first clients were from my brother and then I was bringing him clients. So, no, that's not you know, it was an interesting mm. muddle and a mess, but you become conditioned because mm. I was so family focused. I only wanted children, so I wanted to keep my kids safe. Mm. And you make excuses. And when you have no one surrounding you saying this behaviour is wrong, no one, not one person, you start to believe that you're wrong. Um, so for the listeners, I just want to put this in perspective that even though you're talking about uh you know, what a successful business you had and you're able to buy your first house without a mortgage, yeah, life was great. But just so the listeners know, in the last couple of years, you have actually not had a home to live in. You have moved something like six times, like you haven't had a base. This is what domestic violence situations become. And what happens, uh, just the, oh, the sadness is just, um, it's not a, a, a correct description. And we will get to that, but I just want to put that in perspective, that oh, it's, listening, it's listening to this, mm. yeah, listening to this, just remember that Anastasia, it all came crumbling down, all because of domestic violence and her husband. Uh, another thing I just wanted to um, ask you, just in this horrific situation you were in, would you, hmm, it's a hard question, but would you do it any differently? Uh, would you do something different? Would you do it again? Because you did it for your kids. I, I can't imagine how else you would manage this. If you want your kids to... Um, grow up being good young men. Um, how do you how do you change the dynamics? What do you do? Well, I think if it was two thousand and twenty three, and I was a young mum with you know two young boys now, mm. I and um, we had my ex partner's behaviour as it was then. I believe someone would have would be saying something now. And I think too, I would in this day and age, I would have had more help. So I have had the Salvation Army be phenomenal and help me through some really difficult times. Mm. I have had some extraordinary lawyers help me through some really difficult times. And so people recognise it now and I think I would have had more help. I'm not sure how I would have gone allowing the boys to go to my former husband every second weekend. I would be hoping that the courts would not allow them 
to go to him. However, speaking with lots of women at coffee mornings and so forth, I'm learning that the courts still allow the kids to go to perpetrators. They have to literally be ex-murderers before they stop the children from going to see their fathers. Mm. And so I don't know because I know that I don't have alcoholic children. I know I don't have drug addict children. I know there are some serious issues. It's been a really tough two years for the three of us. Mm. But I have had some extraordinary, I call them earth angels, cover my family (laughs) with just these beautiful blankets and keep them safe and watch over them like you wouldn't believe because they've had to know the story. I'm severely dyslexic, so when he um, walked out and it was just such a horrible shock that um, I couldn't even read the documents. It was just just horrendous. I couldn't make heads or tails, Um, you know, some lawyers are terribly questionable and some of the things that they were doing on his side were bordering on dishonest. Um, And so for me, it's that question of I knew in my heart if I left my children with someone like that, I would be dealing with older men who had really serious issues because it follows through. So it's a really tricky decision, a really tricky decision because I'm just so for my kids and creating good people in this world. Mm. And kids copy bad behaviour. So if you're a drinker and you're a party person and you hang with people who are very questionable and you've got your kids with you and you've got different partners all the time, which would have happened because he would have repeated the pattern that his Mm. mother and father did, Mm. it would have happened. And I'm sure that's happening now, hidden, obviously. Mm. Um, it's it's that I just couldn't live with myself leaving two yeah. children on this earth that were untoward. So it's a really tricky question. I reckon pe- more people would talk to me about it. Would I leave? Well, I'd probably take them out of the country, I think, around in the middle of the night, <laughs> illegally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, like in one way, like you say then that um, you had lawyers and I think to myself that must have been at a time when you had money because uh, lawyers are not cheap. And I, I've i often thought to myself, oh, no, not thought to myself, I've often said I think the justice system has a lot of issues and we could be here for a whole new podcast talking about that. But I believe that it's the more money you have is the better lawyer you get, which means the better chance you have of winning a case with a good lawyer. And I think um, being, uh, I think justice should be level. It, it it shouldn't be how much money you've got or you haven't got. The same, you should get the same representation whether you are on, um, you know the almost begging for money as is if you've got, you know, condos and money coming out of your, your backside. I, It should be a level playing field and it is not. No, it's, it's definitely not. And it's definitely not because there are honest, upright, good lawyers and there are dishonest snake lawyers. Mm. And I have met the most 
bordering on dishonest snake group of lawyers I have ever met. And they got away with so much because they planned it. And they use these frightening bullying tactics to other lawyers um, mm. and they charge a bomb. And then there are those beautiful people who stop charging you because you can't afford it, which has happened to me as well. Mm. So there are really good people out there, but the justice system is very, very wrong. So I have observed grandmas lose custody of grandchildren and grandchildren go back to their drug addict parents. Mm. I have observed judges very frustrated in courts because, you know, things have been presented to them where they've had to make a particular decision. I have watched barristers lie and bamboozle poor policemen outside of the court before we go in for a sentencing mm. um, and uphold just I've, I've sat in a court issue with an IVO watching a barrister lie about my circumstances and not even calling me by my right name just so that my ex could put a three-year IVO on me. Utter lies. This And he's supposedly head of the barrister group. This And I just thought, you are a shameful person. And I was there with no lawyer, no money, no understanding of the system, dyslexic, a judge who clearly knew who the barrister was because he was so fabulous and famous. My ex had a team of lawyers sitting on the other side and a barrister literally lying, lying, lying through their teeth about the whole thing. Mm. And I had, had it slapped on me. I explained to the judge that I needed to be able to work and she said, well, this was a civil case. You should be able to work. And then lo and behold, a year later, I had to prove that I couldn't work and I could. I had a million letters and affidavits and people willing to sit in the witness box. But to watch lying mm-hmm. yeah. in court by top barristers is appalling. And the justice system not picking it up because he's, they're famous and fabulous is wrong. Next week, Anastasia talks more about the day her former husband left her, the ramifications of him taking out an intervention order upon her and her rapid fall into depression and unemployment. Lots of couples have issues which they can't sort out and they have to resort to intervention orders, but I don't know many former partners who are so hell-bent on making their former partner's world so difficult and they're so vindictive that they take out an intervention order which will not only completely ruin their partner's future, career, uh, prospects and earnings, but which because the mother has to leave the family home and because the children are with her, the children have to leave the family home as well. Couch surfing with their mum. What sort of a former partner would do that to their own children? Yes, many husbands are the subject of intervention orders taken out by their former wives and which causes them to have to leave the family home and find accommodation elsewhere. But it doesn't happen often where the husband has custody of their children and the children have to leave the family home as well. 
to directly impact the life of your children because you and your partner can't put aside differences is so unfair on the children. They're the innocent parties. And rightly or wrongly, the majority of court decisions regarding family matters where children are involved tend to side with the children remaining with the mother, unless, of course, there's extenuating circumstances. The father will generally, again, unless there's extenuating circumstances, have periodic custody, maybe once a fortnight, maybe rotating on a weekly basis between parents. But in Anastasia's case, he made sure his children suffered as well as Anastasia, as in my view, he knew that by affecting his children, it would affect his former wife even more. Yes, there's always two sides to every story, which I bang on about a lot, don't I? And I admit to only hearing Anastasia's version of events, but there's a difference. Anastasia has proof that she was telling the truth through the court finding her former husband guilty of criminal behaviours towards her. I, I just can't imagine how a loving and doting father would make sure that his children suffered because he despised his former wife so much. Anyway, have a good week and we'll talk next week. Thank you. As you've probably noticed, we've moved to a new platform called ACAST. I think that's the right expression, I've got no idea. And my previous reviews haven't transferred over. I need reviews. <laughs> Could you do me a favour and put up a review? And thank you so much for your support and patronage. With your help, I can give you that little bit extra. Thanks. That dust coming from still finding debris after vacuuming ufi x10 pro omni robot vacuum has 8000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets and it's totally hands-free want to know more go to eufy.com that's eufy.com and discover x10 pro omni the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only 799 dollars Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.